0: Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called natural time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance, according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile and that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth.
1: Today on the Zolkin Count is called Blue Magnetic Monkey, and it is the first day of the Blue Monkey Wave Spell. It is the Electric Moon Day 7, and that's completing the first week of the Electric Moon in the East. And we'll move to the North for this next week. So in the East, we feel a kind of flurry of new information and inspiration. The East represents fire and the rising sun. So whenever we are set there and the color being red, we are feeling like the flame of our mind ignite with new ideas and awareness. And then it switches to the North where, would say the fire and heat or kind of insistence of a new idea starts to become neutralized or slowed or made more spacious because everything is aerated by the element of air in the north and just that concept of space and spirit, uh, diffusing our own kind of human, Sometimes we have really mechanical passion. Our passion comes from our head. And so bringing some expansion that feels like divinity, feels like higher consciousness to something that was almost mental is the theme of the second week. And you can apply what I'm saying about the directions to days that pass and years We're in a red year right now. But the tribes mitigate or alter some of the kind of stark elemental pieces of the four directions. So it's only when we're in the moon, the 28 day moon, and we're moving through the four directions each seven days that we can starkly experience the four directions, the colors without saying, well, red moon might be from the east where things are fiery and our mind is active, but it's so strongly about water and emotions, which is different than mental activity. That is a good reminder, though, that we're in a red self-existing moon year. I'm reminding myself, just as I say it, that uh, that could explain a lot of where my thoughts and feelings have been uh, pretty emotional, (laughs) but go also to the question that lies within the tone of this year, this fourth year of 13, the self-existing year the question is what form will my service take and so the tribe and the tone for the year especially in the beginning as we are still they can kind of be parsed you know oh there's red moon there's this emotionality kind of like the menstrual up and down of moods meaning we're reacting to something cyclical we're reacting to the moon itself tidally we're like exceptionally hormonal people, male and female, and we are purifying. This Red Moon year is about rinsing our lives and baptism and embryonic fluid and bloodstream, just all the wetness of a human physical life experience there's wetness within we are so liquid and that liquidity gets pulled by gravitational forces and then there's a way to be with the watery planet itself in the waterways in the Um, awareness of the cyclical nature of water moving seasonally through our lives, moving also just the way water changes from being in the atmosphere to being in the ocean, to being on the land, to being in its evaporative state in between. So I'll speak to that more in a minute, this red self-existing moon year. Man, I just want to point out, though, that it's guided by a serpent. I've had a rough uh, few days, and now as I'm speaking, as I'm orating, I'm like, oh, it's because of the year. I just wasn't catching it. This year is guided by a serpent. It's guided by survival. Everything serpentine out there, we've discussed it because we've had a red serpent wave spell pretty recently, And we know what that's like. We know that it's a reptilian state of mind and that it brings us towards base instinct and appetites. And this year for 364 days that started July 26 leads with that, which is great because it means we're going to make it through things. We will survive. But it also means that we're leading we're being led toward a less what I would call like holistic human experience because the emphasis is on our I don't know libidinal desire that's cool but also our fears our most sort of base and stark fears that aren't nuanced by higher mind or our heart center so that just explains like my current mood absolutely is just like I'm so stressed out and leading with anxiety whilst also being emotionally wrought and prone to kind of like graphic girlish meltdowns so it's a real delight (laughs) um great, we covered the year. That's rare. Just be with it. We're heading into this, this third moon of 13, which means we're sort of incrementally moving out of the first stages, being stuck in the first demanding stages of the year. We're making our way towards um, a stronger flow that carries us rather than an inundative like all new, um, kind of like a. The year almost begins with a rupture. It's like uh, explosive, and then it starts to resume fluidity, like a wave is is meant to be like a current that we ride, and we start to feel the current pulling us in a very specific direction. Whereas in the beginning, we don't know where we're going, or it feels like. Uh, multi-directional just again it's pulling us out of stasis so it feels like a lurch or you know the launch is kind of a threat to stability and then this becomes our stability riding this particular wave this particular direction at this particular speed you know each wave of every wave spell we journey through has its own ferocity or it's more easeful, and uh, we start to understand the pace, you know, by the time we get to the overtone tone. Hmm. All right. So it's the Blue Monkey Wave Spell, and I spoke about this last edition. It is not just a new wave spell. It's a new genesis. Jose Arguelles' trippy word choices. We have the Red Dragon Genesis, that's the first 130 days of the Zolkin. And then we have the Blue Monkey Genesis, the second 130 days. So we are starting the second half of the Zolkin today. You know, yesterday between days was the midpoint, right directly in the middle of the Zolkin, the heart of the Zolkin. And it's a, it's a tonal change From receiving from outside to kind of employing what we've received to go, um, I mean, also outward. I guess I use the idea of breathing in and out for this. We breathe in, so we're receiving for 130 days, and then we breathe out. So in the exhalation, we are putting ourselves out there but we're putting ourselves out there with what we received. It's just that we've taken it in, taken in divine information, guidance, impulse, teaching, knowledge. And now we're going to use this infusion to kind of let some of ourselves out into the world. I hope that makes sense. It's like the most simplistic idea and I also liken it to like okay that was all mother and now we're all child which makes perfect sense because red dragon is all mother the divine mother blue monkey is the child self so we learn from our mother and then we're like toddlers now who can start to take steps out into the world on our own we have total dependency we're spoon-fed we're nursed uh perhaps even we're in utero and then we're born or we can reach for our own Cheerios and also use the furniture to get around the living room. And then suddenly we're really free. And I just, I think that's what's going on here. So welcome to the child nature of the blue monkey. And I, I, don't know how I feel about Blue Monkey so I I come at this with a little reservation like I feel like someone who is kind of more more new age meaning to me that's like I kind of looks on the bright side of things it's all wonderful and I feel my angels with me And I'm not just making fun of it. I'm sort of like envious, like, yeah, okay, that's not how my mind is currently working. But you could then say like, oh, the wonderful blue monkey, the time of magic, and oh, the child nature and coyote. Blue monkey is very much a parallel to the coyote of Native American teaching, I guess we would call that. Plains American teaching and I mean I just that doesn't sound fun to me (laughs) I don't need more deception like the, the whole coyote is so fun and crazy has never caught on with me I'm just like well it's kind of a head rush mind fucked always have like the rug pulled out from under you ha 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 like I find that super destabilizing it reminds me because I was married to uh, a Native American man whose family lived on the reservation so it was pretty real it wasn't diffused and they had that they loved laughing at misfortune and I was coming from a different space where I'd had enough misfortune that I would was kind of full i didn't find it funny and i completely honor and understand that that is a healthy response to trauma is to just keep giggling and that it was real that was what was going on there but uh it's demanding of me like i'm all about things being hilarious and i guess i just find like cutting wry observational humor easier like intellectual linguistic humor easier than um, laughing at sort of the personal Holocaust we all move through after the fact, but not immediately. So I feel like blue monkey has that vibe like he, 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 I, you thought that this was a uh, real and it's illusory. He, 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 And so I just, I do find it work, I feel work coming for myself. However, I'm just going to wrap up the white mirror wave spell by saying, you know, that was fucked. It was super sacrificial in every aspect, but like, oh, if we just diffuse all the sacrifice all over your life, so every part of it is a little bit sacrificed instead of like one stark Terrifying, horrifying loss. It's easier. And I think that's true. I would be complaining if something terrible happened, like I lost a dog in the white mirror wave spell. Like I would be uh, in agony, shattered and taught the lesson of letting go in such a harsh, tortured way so I don't have that, I'm grateful, grateful for that, thank you all the dogs, every morning I check my old gray dog to make sure she's warm, Ah, she was warm today, I though just had like stuff chipped away of, you know, like okay my relationship with someone I'm dating, my sense of being a parent was sort of disabled by uh disruption my working on my home also became super arduous that was the epic sacrifice the central one and then there's just being in the world and feeling inundated by people where I live I don't mean my home but my homeland you know we used to make a distinction in Northern California that we were not Los Angeles. It was a big, snotty, separatist um, arrogance. And check it out. The Bay Area where I live is completely like Los Angeles. The end, it just is. Everything we would have disdained is here. Maybe not every single thing, but maybe we're missing some of the good stuff in Los Angeles. But it's just a, a mass... Uh, congestion of people um and that's a sacrifice because i would i live here and i have to live here for a long time i get to I plan to so what is sacrifice to sum up that time kind of put it to rest it is giving up something so that we are open to receive it is the feeling of something being taken away and maybe harshly so that it hurts. That is the picture of having your heart cut out abruptly so that you have less attachment, maybe less material attachment. You have less arrogance. I'm going to do it my way. I have all my things that I want. No, you don't. I took some away. Uh, Okay, I guess I am dependent on God or the God space for gifts. I can't just do it all and have it all myself. So we have things torn away from us so that we're reminded that that connection is paramount. And, uh, you know, I do believe the more attachment we have walking into white mirror, the more we'll feel the like searing pain of having to detach and I can see what my attachments are and I can see what the culture's attachments are and sometimes they converge so I could say that in the white mirror time I had to let go of my personal attachments which I think are really centered on obsessive and determined um, attempts to not be in building mode in my home so I want to get it done but that was hard and it cost me a lot my determination to keep working on my house cost me a lot because it's very painful to do this work if I'm honest so white mirror is sort of a time of honesty like that's not working but no I'll keep doing it so it becomes a struggle I had a struggle but then the surrounding thing of being an American or being a global citizen or just being a human being offers a different kind of clarity of where the attachment lies and how we have to let go and so it's a juggle and it was exhausting i felt exhausted by the end of it and i don't feel exhausted and like oh and now i'm ready to play it's blue monkey and i'm ready to play i feel like i got shredded and uh i'm like a little whimpery child who you know has my thumb in my mouth and wants My mommy, but not my actual mommy. So it's going to still be a childlike, maybe less of a horrifying top of the pyramid, human sacrifice, ritualistic challenge to the mind concept. You know, you die to live, you know, more freely. That's all really intellectual adult reflection. Now we're going to do spirituality and growth through a child's eyes and sentiments and sensibility. Like, I want my mommy. It's a different way to approach God Uh, than through thick intellectual discourse. It's just guttural. I just want my mom. I want it to be easier. And, uh, you know, it's nice now and then to be like, child mostly wanders around when they're upset wanting their mommy and that's really a nice reminder of a matriarchal um god force goddess force that if we are really dipped into some kind of primal child sentiment but also in an adult body and grappling with suffering it's, it's great to remember that we might really want to call in like maternal divine energy. That might be what we really need, even though all the pantheon world religions are oriented to men. Uh, I have a friend who was reminding me how great Buddha is. And Buddha is great. Buddha is great, as is Jesus. Great you know, no shade, you know, it's wonderful, but it's still a masculine principle. And in fact, Jesusy, Jesusy principles seem more feminine in nature than Buddhism, because, you know, taking these trips as I have in my lifetime, through experimentation with like world spiritualities as I desperately search for a way out of my suffering, I mean, I feel embarrassed that Buddhism didn't really work. It did for a while, like years, but then it stopped working. And fortunately this came along and this works really well, but you know, I can reflect, yeah, like I think Buddhism might work better for men because Do you understand why? Because principles of sitting and being empty and sort of absent on a journey that is super spacious to my estimation is a really archetypally masculine concept because it's represented here by white wind, the counterbalance to red dragon to start our journey through the Zulkin representing the Father Spirit as invisible, absent, peripheral, and important and vital and protective, but not, um, I mean, you know, that's the whole dilemma of suffering is calling out to the absent presence uh, when we're in pain, when there's an immediate presence that is super tactile and that's the mother not my mother and if you ask my kids not me i don't mean like oh look at our women wandering around and healing the world although some do but if we're talking about like mythologies and essence and we're talking about the zolkin mythology and essence there's red dragon and by the way just so we're clear Red dragon and blue monkey are antipodes. So the genesis, the genesi, the genesis are antipodal and balancing. That's what that means. Opposite and balancing and similar and challenging to each other, but all of that. Um So it makes sense that blue monkey like looks for the mother to balance. And obviously speaking for myself, a mother or a woman looks to a child to find balance. I'm on that journey. Okay. So what could you expect in the blue monkey wave spell? Being playful and silly and fun, funny, laugh, can laugh I'll tell you that my mom who's 80 invited me she had the tickets and the idea to go see Roger Waters of Pink Floyd uh lately last week and I was ready because I think his music is like some of the universally um best of my lifetime just like well I mean there's nothing wrong with that it's perfection you can hear it a million times it's anthemic but it's also like choir music that you hear at a church and sing along to and so yeah we hit that show he's awesome he's like a hot 80 year old like super foxy healthy vital furious super dystopian also kind of like a political hack, puts it all out there graphically incredible to hear the music live. And at the same time, like, oh my gosh, maybe the last time I see Roger Waters singing his own music, this is starting to become fraught for me. That the heroes of the sixties and seventies who are grounded for me in music are going to be leaving the planet more and more frequently. That puts me in a panic state. When they're gone, I think we'll be lost. I think there'll be a great uh, undeniable loss and you can't say, well, we have all these new musicians. It doesn't work. They were apocryphal and coming out of psychedelic experimentation and it's all documented in incredible lyricism and sonic beauty. And then it goes away, not in recordings, but in the originators. And that's panicky for me. But anyway, my mom is guided by Blue Monkey and she just sits around laughing at things. She's joyous when it comes to being entertained. And I always re- am reminded of that. We used to go to movies when I was a you know an early adult and I would be sitting next to someone who was like laughing the loudest in the theater, but not disruptively so, but she just took so much pl- pleasure in things that other people kind of repress their joy. And I knew... As I studied this, it's like she's guided by Blue Monkey. She just loves getting to the place of cracking up. And, you know, I can't stand my mom in legitimate ways. Lots of people can't. But when I can find the thing that I really do think is great, I just latch on. I just latch on like I'm holding the hand of my mother. Like, okay, this is something about you I celebrate. So she gets a big shout out because if you're a long time listener, you know, I denigrate my blue solar eagle mother a lot because having a blue eagle parent is quite a ride, especially if they're, I don't know what, I'm not going to diagnose her here. She is a narcissist for real. But anyway, that's been quite tough on me, but so is having a blue storm kid and this, this joy of Blue Monkey got really established for me as I sat by her. Like, okay, this is Blue Monkey. What you can expect is to be entertained by life. <laughs> I mean, I'm really thinking about kids a lot and I easily access that child state. You know, I remember my kids. I remember being a kid maybe I wasn't really that joyful truly I wasn't that's the bummer but I see kids and how they just crack up at life it's beautiful and innocent and perfect and it's uh, emblematic of Blue Monkey and we continue through this electric moon I just got you into the white northern space of spirit when we next rendezvous I'll talk more about how This time of being of service for the year is advancing for us. How can I best be of service is a question of the moment, and you can notice what life is giving you as an answer. Oh, you can do this. It's suddenly arising for you. I'm Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in Mayan, they say in Lakesh, and when we're here together, we say it.